This is Minnesota Native News. I'm Marie Rock. This week on Minnesota Native News, we hear about the Minnesota Historical Society's decision to keep a historic Native burial site in northern Minnesota closed to the general public and how tribes are working together to protect the site. Here's reporter Cole Primo. Far up in extreme northern Minnesota, at the U.S.-Canada border near International Falls, lies a site of cultural and historical importance. Let's try to paint a picture. Along the Rainy River, there's this grouping of native history called the Grand Mound Historic Site. It's comprised of five sacred burial grounds, ancient villages, and sturgeon fishing sites that were developed over 2,000 years ago. The mounds stretch from west to east along the river. One of the mounds is a bit further inland than the other four mounds. This is the Grand Mound. Rising out of the brush and trees at about 25 feet high and 140 feet long, the Grand Mound is the largest Native American earthwork in Minnesota, as well as the largest surviving prehistoric structure in the upper Midwest, and the only effigy mound of this type in Minnesota. It's an area where Native peoples gathered and fished for more than a millennia. All of these mounds were sites um, that were active in the springtime during the time when the sturgeon would spawn. Native people would gather there, you know, during the spring and a village, you know, village sites would would pop up and they would have big feasts. That's Dr. Maddie Harper. She's the program and outreach manager of the American Indian Initiative team at the Minnesota Historical Society. She's also Ojibwe and a citizen of the Boys Fort Band of Ojibwe in northern Minnesota. People often did secondary burials there, so maybe they would be out in the winter in smaller camps and a relative might die and they they could put their remains, you know, usually on a like a scaffold, and then they would just bring certain parts of, of the body or the bone back to the village site and then they started interring them in the mounds. The fact that there are only parts of many of the deceased at the mound means it's difficult to pinpoint a figure of exactly how many are there. However, based on excavations of other mounds, they have an idea. There's not a certain count because archaeologists haven't excavated Grand Mound, which is a good thing, you know, to see how many people are represented there. But, um, you know, it's estimated it could be up to 5,000 individuals. Dr. Maddie Harper says based on different forms of research like archaeology, linguistic research, and oral history, it's believed that Dakota, Ojibwe, Blackfeet, Cree, and the A'a Ninin tribes have descendants of those buried at the site. And that brings us to the news at hand. The Minnesota Historical Society has owned Grand Mound Historic Site since 1970 and opened a visitor center in 1976. It was operated as a publicly accessible historic site until budget cuts forced its closure in 2002. But questions have remained. Should the historical site be reopened to the public, or should it remain closed and be transferred to native control? With the sacred site on track to possibly reopen in 2018, Dr. Maddie Harper, along with Joe Horsecapture and Kate Bean, worked and met with tribes for months to answer these questions. The overwhelming opinion of native people that the site should be closed to the general public, you know, that it wouldn't, they wouldn't be comfortable, it wouldn't be appropriate to have people sort of, you know, traipsing around and viewing it like a tourist site. Harper says that during the process, the biggest challenge was building trust between tribes and the Minnesota Historical Society. MNHS has had a long and troubled relationship in history with Native communities in the state, and so that is still evident when I go out and try to work with communities. So, However, these meetings with tribes seem to have struck a chord with MNHS leadership, and the decision was made in late October 2018 to keep the site closed to the general public, with the exception of Native Americans. 
Harper says it's a huge win for natives considering the fact that the Minnesota Historical Society has had a lot of political pressure from non-native communities to reopen the site. So this was really a big victory, I feel like, for Native Americans. It's kind of like a signal of how MNHS as an institution is shifting to, like sort of shifting priorities. Harper says she's been pleased to see how well tribes are working together on this issue, despite differing cultural opinions. Throughout this process, yeah, Ojibwe and Dakota people have been working really well together and have, you know, expressed a mutual and shared interest. The Minnesota Historical Society says it's working on a quote, long-range plan that could include the possible transfer of the site to a Native American tribe or tribes, unquote. I'm Cole Primo. Minnesota Native News is produced by Ampers, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities, made possible by funding from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund and the citizens of Minnesota.